0: everybody this is dan lobby and this is
1: mary k cabot
0: and this is the orange and brown talk podcast presented by sibling revelry brewing you can find them at siblingrevelrybrewing.com check their website for any events they have going on check out giant eagle Heinen's, uh, all sorts of places to find their beers in the store, head out to their tap room in Westlake, and of course, uh, check their website to, uh, like I said, see events, but also um, find out what they have on sale and all of that good stuff. So that's siblingrevelrybrewing.com. Mary Kay, let's get right to it. We did not record a post-game podcast last night. Uh, it slipped our minds, got a little late, and we failed to do it, so we're coming back on a Monday, 37-21, to 21, the Browns losers to the Kansas City Chiefs, but let's start here, uh, because today, uh, look, it's going to be, this is a lot like draft season, this coaching search, so there's going to be stories and names and things just thrown out. Um, And the name today, he was in Cleveland yesterday, is Bruce Arians. Uh, He talked to the Canton Repository and said that there's one job that he would come out of retirement for, and that is the one here in Cleveland. Um, So let's start here with Arians. He's 66 years old, actually younger than Pete Carroll. That is also Bill Belichick's age, so it's not out of the realm of possibility. But do you view him as a legitimate candidate if he really wanted to come out of retirement and coach here?
1: Well, you know, I don't know how they view him. I would certainly view him as a legitimate candidate because of his amazing credentials, everything that he has accomplished in his career. Uh, Obviously, uh, we know some of the things that he was the uh, two-time AP NFL Coach of the Year in 2012 and 2014 as an assistant coach. He's a two-time Super Bowl champion. He was a former Browns coordinator, offensive coordinator, and I remember him well, of course. I knew him very well when he was here. Uh, Of course, that
0: that playoff year. He was the offensive coordinator during that playoff year as
1: well. Yeah, so uh, he has a history here, and I think that he's been very, very disappointed that he has been passed over all the other times that the Browns have had coaching searches, and there have been plenty, Dan. (laughs) Uh, And they've never really given him a look. And, you know, One of these times around, he really, really wanted it. I can't remember if it was the last time or not. When did he get done coaching the uh –
0: Would it have been before he went to Arizona? Yes, it would have been been before
1: he went to Arizona. So, yes, and now I've lost track of all my head coaches for the Cleveland (laughs) Browns. But um, at that time, he would have loved to have been interviewed by the Browns. And, um, you know, they really didn't give him a look. And that was unfortunate because he did go on to do some really great things for the Arizona Cardinals. And his NFL head coaching record is 49-30-1 for a six-nineteen win percentage. Yeah. That's, that's pretty darn good. And he's great with quarterbacks. I mean, he's really, really good with quarterbacks. The, the one interesting thing, the one very interesting thing that I always have remembered about Bruce Arians, though, he doesn't really like the shorter quarterback. He's never liked the shorter quarterback. <laughs> I know everybody says, you know, there's outliers and whatnot, but he has always said uh, that that he thinks that it's very, very difficult to be a six-one and under guy and succeed in the NFL. So that would be an interesting thing.
0: Yeah, of course. You know, before he retired, he had Carson Palmer in Arizona. That, mm-hmm. that was where he had a ton of success there. Um, had some really great teams in, in Arizona. And the other thing, too, is he is a very aggressive downfield um, passing coach. I mean, that's what mm-hmm. he wants to do. He wants to throw the ball down the field a bunch. The Cardinals did that. I don't know if they did that more than anyone. I, I can't remember what it was when, when he was coaching. <clears throat> when he was coaching, when I heard the numbers. that, uh, but, but they were near the top of the league in taking shots down the field and throwing deep. Um, you know, is that the kind of offense that John Dorsey wants to bring in? Yeah, I, th- I think that's something he has to consider. And, you know, maybe it would be a situation where Bruce would come in and he'd keep Freddie Kitchens around because obviously he kept him around in, in Arizona uh, and let him call play. So, th- so there's a lot to consider. But, you know, Bruce Arians wants to, to interview for the job and be considered for the job. That's a guy that I don't think you can say no to. You have to at least talk to him and, and see kind of where he is in the process of maybe wanting to come back, getting that itch to coach again, and and how long he might want to coach.
1: Sure, I mean... Like you said, when you have someone like that with those type of credentials that would want this job, and I think you know, there probably are some assistants that might not want this job. I mean, for him, it would be a last hurrah, an opportunity to, uh, you know, just to have a chance to come back here, a place that he absolutely loved. And he's talked about this for years and years and years that he would love to have this opportunity. This would be like a dream job for him, it would actually be a dream job for a lot of people that have been here, believe it or not. Uh, And I know that because I talked. To them i talked to these guys at the combine and i talked to them at the senior bowl and almost everybody that's been through here uh there is and i don't know if it's because of the tremendous fan base the loyalty of all these fans that just keep coming out to these games no matter what but people love their experience here it's a great place to raise a family it's a great community a great town and a lot of coaches really like it and, other- and a lot of
0: coaches too like the um the challenge of maybe trying yes. to be the guy to turn this around too
1: exactly, and then and again there 's a lot of guys that that might be leery of this opportunity now, I mean, who knows, like a Josh mcdaniels would he want this to be the second place he comes to try to be a head coach? I mean, this is going to be a tough job for somebody
0: mm-hmm. yeah, and you know Mcdaniel 's of course hometown guy as well mm-hmm. um, so so arian's um, i'm I'm thinking back the browns that would have been Chadzinski, i believe right yeah went Chadzinski and then in 2014 they went to Pettin. so yeah yeah they really kind of messed that one up yeah Uh, they had an opportunity to bring arians in back in 2013 perhaps and uh they didn't do it they went went with rob Chadzinski for a year so bruce arian's name is going to be out there until it's not just like with a lot of these guys the name's going to be out there until it's not um as far as you're concerned, we're about a week removed. We are actually exactly a week removed when we're recording this from Hugh Jackson and Todd Haley's firing. Um, aside from maybe throwing Arians into the mix, has the list kind of in your head changed at all?
1: Well, first of all, let me back up for one quick second oh, on something. Ahead. And that is, I actually think Rob Chizinski had the potential to be a good head he coach. got off to a good start. But, uh You know, he just got caught up in the whole, you know, upheaval of there was just a lot going on back then. And, you know, it just really wasn't uh, conducive to a a first-time head coach being successful. So I I think he could have done a nice job, and this was his dream job, too. Um, So who knows how that would have turned out if he would have had more of an opportunity. But in terms of the coaching search, I still believe that... Um, that John Dorsey will run the show. We've been saying that all along. I think Jimmy will let him do that. And, you know, look, they've got Ron Wolf that, that can be uh, sort of a consultant to them on this. You've got Alonzo, you've got Elliot, you've got these guys in the building uh, that will be able to, you know, help them come up with that list. And maybe even Scott McLuhan, who is...
0: He could, he could come back in the picture.
1: Right. I mean, you know, maybe they'll, you know, maybe they'll have him, you know, get some of his input. He obviously helped out with the draft and helped them Uh, decide to pick Baker Mayfield, so maybe he'll get a little bit involved in this as well. I I don't know that for sure, but um, I don't think anything much has changed. I still think you have to look to the West Coast type of system and family that that these uh, former Green Bay executives are used to and feel comfortable with, uh, which in my mind... Still gives you sort of the Dave Taubes, and the um, I never know if I'm pronouncing that right
0: <laughs> I've I've heard it pronounced about three or four different ways,
1: yeah, so we have to figure that out, <laughs> but um you know maybe the Eric Bem, although is you know he's not really calling plays there yet or at least not on a full time basis, the offensive coordinator for the chiefs, so i you know I don't know uh, you know how serious those guys are. then you've got somebody again like John D Filippo who we had on our list and he, I, I know he would love this job. He was the offensive coordinator here. He took the job in Minnesota to go be able to call plays there, so he could position himself to take a yeah. head coaching job. That is why he left a really nice situation with the Eagles to go call his own plays and be able to take that next step. So, you know, he's ready to become a head coach, and I'm sure he will get looks this year. Um, you know, there's some other names. There's names that we've talked about. Obviously, there's Lincoln Riley. But since we last talked. I've talked to some people that really, excuse me, genuinely believe that Lincoln Riley means it when he says he loves Oklahoma, he's in a great situation, and is in no hurry to leave that right now.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's always tough to lure these college coaches from these big programs mm-hmm. anymore um, just because there is so much money. They, I mean, they can make so much money in the college game. There is so there is more stability there, especially mm-hmm. if you're winning. Um, you know, there's downsides. you got to go recruit all the time uh, and all of that, but... um, you know it, it can be tough to lure these guys and the other thing too as much as you know we might love a guy like Lincoln Riley as much success as a guy like Matt Campbell uh, some of these other guys in college that leap is difficult to make and and we've seen that time and again I think we mentioned Chip Kelly on one of our previous podcasts you know a guy that NFL teams including Bill Belichick flocked to pick his brain about offense and then he comes to the NFL and, you know, whether it was because it was a power grab, whatever it was, he just couldn't stick in the NFL. And now he's he's back in the college ranks working his way back up again. So, I mean, he's at UCLA, obviously, a really good program. But now he's got to kind of work his way back up to, to having a championship-caliber team at the college level that he left.
1: Yeah, and, you know, an, another current head coach who really credits his time with Chip Kelly with helping him become a better coach is Pat Shermer. Uh, he, he believes yeah. that working with Chip Kelly like that uh, really upped his game on the offensive side of the ball. However, like you said, you know, there's so much more that goes into coaching than just coaching the football team, and that is assembling the team, and it just seemed like Chip Kelly may have gotten way too involved in the player <laughs> procurement yeah. part of it. What you have to have as a head coach is you just have to be working in concert hand-in-hand hand with somebody that you really trust on the personnel side. However that works out, those two guys have to really want to work together. They have to be in their office six or seven times a day, and they have to really be of the same mind. They have to be looking for the same kind of players, the same kind of philosophy. That's why I really do believe that, that these guys that John Dorsey will go with more of somebody who has some some connection either to the West Coast family that he comes from, that very tight-knit family, you know, that he's either been in Green Bay, Kansas City, or somewhere, you know, has gone on from there to other places, uh, or that there's just such a shared vision that it doesn't matter necessarily, you know, that he coached in one of those systems, but just that the fundamental philosophy – is so similar and that the personalities are so similar that they can work very well together.
0: Yeah, and the other thing too with with some of these college guys too, especially the bigger names. They're the face of that program. I mean, they are the program. You know, that wouldn't really be the case. That is, sometimes isn't the case when you come to the NFL and it wouldn't be here where you've got this experienced front office. You've got John Dorsey, everybody wearing the John Dorsey sweaters. You've got Baker Mayfield. Um, you know, you're bringing in someone to be your head coach mm-hmm. not to pick players not to do anything like that so mm-hmm. so that's sort of a hurdle as well so listen like I said we're going to get lots of names thrown out mm-hmm. this feels like draft season all over again yeah um, from now until January and you know they're going to have a jump start so maybe they get a hire done quickly but um, there, there's going to be a lot of names thrown out and started today with, with Bruce Arians go ahead
1: well one of the other things and I think we may have talked about this before is some of the guys that come from college had NFL experience before they went to college, and then they come back into the NFL. Now, I think that's extremely valuable experience to do it that way. I think it is a huge leap to just go from college to the NFL because there's so much that goes on at this level that is different. I mean, it's just not college. It's just a different world up here, and there is that tremendous learning curve that you just really don't want your new coach to have.
0: Yeah, I mean these these are employees. These are not. This is not. Uh, I know college football is big business, and and these this, a lot of these big programs are a lot of these players are thought of as mercenaries in some ways. But when you get to the NFL, these are employees, families, kids, bills. If you're Lincoln Riley or whatever, you aren't that much older than a lot of these guys. So uh, I, I don't remember what Lincoln Riley's age is, but you're not too much older than these guys. Uh, if, if you're that, and if you're Matt Campbell, even. Even closer.
1: Yeah, I think he's like 35 or 36. Yeah, he
0: actually might be younger than Matt Campbell, now that I think of
1: it. Yeah, not Sean McVay, though, yeah, who not I still Sean
0: McVay. cannot he's believe.
1: He's 32 okay years with. old. Can you even believe yeah. that? Took the job when he was what
0: thirty, I think. Yeah. How is that even possible? And, and you know that's why I keep coming back to like everybody says, get your next Sean McVay. Yeah. That might be a pretty unique situation there. Oh my it's, gosh! I don't think it's that easy to just find your your Sean McVay. No, that's he's what you're trying to duplicate, but he,
1: he's a savant. I mean, he is a genius. Yeah. He is a football genius. It's uh you know so amazing to you know to hear him speak and to go back and see what he's able to do and remember on things that happened years and years ago and um and of course he's a miami red hawk too so that's always well a good there thing.
0: you go i you know I, we're we're sitting here speculating on these guys ages because we didn't know we were going to talk about this i can just look it up here on my phone there you go um, so you mentioned like you said sean mcveigh is 32 uh lincoln riley This is a really good podcasting right here, Uh, is 35, so you nailed that one.
1: I did. I nailed Um, both of them.
0: Yeah, and then Matt Campbell, I believe I looked this up. I think he's 39 right now, Um, but let me double-check before I I say that. 38. He'll be 39 in November. That's what it is. So so there you go. I I mean, and, and, you know, you like the idea of bringing in a young, forward-thinking offensive mind.
1: Well, the other thing about – A Bruce Arians type is I I believe that he you know cited health reasons perhaps maybe as a reason why uh, he was you know kind of ready to be done in Arizona and it's not that I have nothing against a 66 year old head coach by any stretch of the imagination but if John Dorsey is thinking in terms of keeping somebody around here for a really really long time I'm talking about you know, a decade or something like that, you know, something that hasn't happened in Cleveland in forever, Uh, if he's thinking about doing something like that, finding the next great head football coach, I think you would want him to be a younger guy. Now, he doesn't have to be 35 years old necessarily. Or 32. (laughs) Or even 32. But I think you would want somebody that, that you think that, you know, that you could keep here and that it will work out and that you'll land your next Andy Reid or somebody like that, and that you can keep them just forever.
0: Yeah, somebody that you can just, you know, use that word program, somebody you can kind of build that program around. Right. and, And, uh, they, they can run this thing and, and develop Baker Mayfield, which is really the priority of uh, of all of this. All right, so uh, we've got to go. Um, we wanted to get a quick podcast in, though, because, like I said, we owed you all one from yesterday because uh, we didn't do one after the game. Left a couple topics on the table that we can get to maybe later this week with Freddie Kitchens and Duke Johnson and kind of what to watch the rest of the season. And, of course, there's some injury news and things like that, so check it all out at cleveland.com slash browns. And then uh, also make sure you check out sibling Revelry brewing as well head over to their website siblingrevelrybrewing.com we appreciate them sponsoring us as always for Mary Kate Cabot I'm Dan Lobby thanks for listening